All right. Hit that big magical blue go live button. We should be good. All right. And I apologize if there's like a little bit of echoiness in my voice. I recently just emptied out my stream room, so. Mm. Not what I meant to do. The hell are you snapping at, man? Hey, what's going on, Max? Try this again. Share the news feed. Include original post. There we go. Not much. Woke up and feeling great. Max, don't you have school tomorrow? Yeah, it's way past your bedtime, mister. I mean, damn, it's almost three o'clock in the morning for you, Max. Yeah. So, you ready? Yes. Ready. And I actually have a semi-small story that is, uh, pretty much in line with what we're talking about tonight. It sounds perfect to me. It actually comes from someone who kind of like listened to our previous episode and wrote in a little story. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I have read it over and I'm going, I'm going to do the best, excuse me, that I possibly can to not utilize any key defining information because this person would love to remain anonymous. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but it does have a lot to do with sort of what we've talked about in the previous episode and what we want to talk about tonight um, when it comes to realization. What is the true step one? Because 
we've kind of hit on it before. Um, much like an alcoholic or a uh, a violent person or pretty much anyone that has some sort of substance abuse or an abuse nature within them, it takes normally a catastrophic event for them to gain self-awareness in order to uh, realize, like, okay, step one, everybody knows, is to admit you have a problem. Mm-hmm. But how do you admit you have a problem? Like, when do you recognize that what you have is a problem? You know, is it is it when, like, I brought up the example before with someone, when it comes to mental illness, similar to, like, drinking, do you realize that you have a drinking problem after the first shot of alcohol, you, you order a second? Is that a problem? Some people would say yes. Some people would say no. Some people say, well, I wake up in the morning and I have a single beer, but I wait an hour, then I go to work. And that's technically, when you think about responsible drinking, it takes about an hour to for your body to kind of like filter and process, process yep. yeah, a, a single beer. So again, if a person wakes up at you know 6 o'clock in the morning, doesn't have work till 7.30, and they drink a beer at 6 in the morning, technically nobody would say that person is drunk you know they just woke up had a beer the same way some people would have orange juice or Mm -hmm. a coffee so when we think about substance abuse i have to utilize substance abuse in relative terms to mental health illness because when, when when i when i say words and terminology like mental health illness or mental disorder People have to understand that I'm not talking about the schizophrenics, the psychopaths, the sociopaths, the freaking Hannibal Lecters, the Michael Myers out there. I'm not talking about those people. Right. Anything that is outside of the normal realm of behavior as as accepted by society is considered disorder. Because if you think of society being orderly mm-hmm. and with consistency in their way of living because our society is not similar to third world society and how they behave and, you know, do their thing. So I'd say all of these things as a prelude really to this story that I'm going to tell, because this helps with a lot of people. I I hope that throughout this story, people kind of see early signs and symptoms because it's very easy from a third person perspective to see, you know, hey, that guy probably should have went and got some help, or that guy probably should have done done X, or he should have done Y. So I really want our listeners to kind of like pay attention to that. Um, because that's the thing is you could say in a way, depending on the individual, the person that has the first shot of whatever, and they immediately go for the second one, mm-hmm. that that's a problem. Yeah. Versus the guy that wakes up six, has a beer, and at seven thirty he goes to work may not be a problem. We need to know all of the external and internal stimuli that are going on with this individual. So that's kind of like what I wanted to like give everybody kind of like the mental headspace that we need to be in currently before I get it because this is a pretty heavy story. I mean, for those that are, I would say more sensitive to mental health um, issues and experiences. Uh, disclaimer. Uh, it's not graphic in a sense of 
you know, very, getting very uh, explicit with with verbiage, but I would say that in, I would say keep a very uh, open mind to what's to what's going on with this individual. So, uh, anything you want to say before I before I say the story? I mean, no, not really. Just the the catastrophic event that that typically, well, not typically, um, sometimes needs to occur for people to quote unquote open their eyes i mean that that just is a reflection or not is a reflection that just makes me reflect back on my own problems because I wouldn't necessarily deem it a catastrophe in any manner but i didn't really understand the full scope of my issues until i got my dui in 2013 and that was that was when i slowly started to wake up and realize that you know, it wasn't just, uh, you know, I'm chasing my next high or I'm, you know, just reaching for the bottle or, or, you know, just doing those things because I wanted to do them. You know, like you said, there were, you know, much greater things at work, both internal and externally that were, you know, bringing bringing those things into my life you know substance abuse drugs alcoholism so on and so forth and were really affecting me on a you know mental health standpoint so i mean that's that to me is 100 percent relatable now of course was it technically catastrophic no not really nobody was injured you know nobody really experienced any permanent damage long-term damage but i mean something like that i mean i wouldn't is it something that's absolutely life-changing getting a dui no not really but i still wouldn't wish anybody you know wish that upon anybody one it was very i don't want to say embarrassing because that all that almost makes it sound very that makes me sound in my eyes very like self centered like oh oh my god i'm worried about my image kind of thing but it was along those same lines plus you know thousands of dollars going through aa you know getting a lawyer going through court you know getting my license reinstated so and so forth so it's it's definitely not something that you know you're going to live with for a very long time unless you are one of those ones that gets a DUI and, you know, was somehow involved in an accident, injured someone, injured yourself, so on and so forth. But one like mine, where it was just a, a sheer happenstance kind of thing, yeah, you're not going to carry it forever, but it's definitely, it's still not something I would want anybody to ever have to go through. Um, So, I mean, that's that's basically... That's basically my take on things because I mean you you definitely mentioned substance abuse and I know that's that's definitely the big the big theme in my life um but I'm you know other, other than that I'm good so you, whenever you're ready um you're I mean you're free to free to share because I'm definitely just just hearing that somebody has quote unquote like you said written in after listening to you know, last week's episode, I'm, I don't, I don't like the situation. Obviously, I don't want anybody to ever go through any, any stage of mental unhealth. I don't think that's 
grammatically correct, but we're going to roll with it anyways. But hearing that someone has wrote in is very impactful because it makes me, and I'm sure you resonate with this as well, it makes me feel like, you know, even so early on, tonight being episode three, it makes me feel like we're we're slowly starting to, you know, spread a little bit of light out there in a in a dark and excuse my French, but shitty place. So I'm I'm very, very curious now and very, very excited. Yeah, absolutely. I mean and I applaud people in this sense that have this bravery. Absolutely. It, it, it does it does take a a very intense amount of bravery to share your story but you know something that i that i found really interesting about this person's uh story was that they didn't they had zero trouble with the law no i would say work related incidences oh maybe some minor behavioral things with that if you really stopped and looked at it you could uh-huh. possibly see something but as I as I read this, excuse me, uh, as I read this, you're truly going to think like, wow, I could totally see that if you're not paying attention, that this person goes unnoticed with what's wrong with them. And it's very interesting. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get involved in this. So I'm gonna be reading it from uh, their perspective. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to just be reading it from their perspective. Obviously, any real identifying information I'm going to leave out or try to change something in order to not, you know, disclose this much. person's. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, we're sharing their story in order for uh, insight, not necessarily to out, oust any person. So this person writes. Hey, everybody, I really enjoyed your episode last week. It truly opened my eyes to some of the issues that I've had in my life. And I would love to share my story in hopes that it could help someone realize that they're going through something and that it's safe and it's okay to admit that you might have a problem. Because just saying that you have a problem doesn't always mean that it's a big problem. Sometimes problems are just little problems that they, excuse me, that they can be dealt with easily. So, and and then they give some information about themselves, some personal stuff, but then they dive into and they say, I grew up in a single parent home. My mother and father split when I was a very young age. My father never attempted to be a part of the family again. And my mother had decided to go into an, how do I say this? A overworked manner that she transformed her internal pain into an external work drive. And as a child, I saw this and saw that this was acceptable behavior. Therefore, growing up, as I am as an adult looking back, I see that a lot of the ways that I behave 
is very comparable to how my mother externalized her internal pain. As I grew up as a child, I had issues with friends, whereas I would have a hard time. Um, how does again this personal information trying to like figure out different ways. They would have a hard time behaving around people in a way that they perceived other people would like them the best. So a lot of times, uh, and I'll go back to reading this first person, um, a lot of times I would behave that would make other people like me more rather than me just behaving as a way that I am. And this came down to consistently wanting to make other people happy and make my mother happy and in turn, I always wanted some level of gratification and some level of acceptance because I felt that as long as other people like me, I think I'm doing the right thing. As I continued on through my early years and going into my young adult life, I realized that I had trouble in school because of authority and not necessarily because of my peers. I was always very fun to be around, yet people rarely called me during the week or the weekends. And I want to stop right here for a second because this seems like a person that that you could tell that they really yearned for attention, Mm -hmm. that this was someone that consistently felt that they needed to go above and beyond to receive some level of appreciation like that's how they value themselves by what level of appreciation they received from others right so this is this is very different compared to our normal society because we as normal human beings we live in cohabitation mm-hmm. meaning that like-minded people work best with other people of the same you know cut of the cloth mm-hmm so you can see that a little bit of the disorder is starting to form with how hard this person strives for the attention and approval of others. So they continue on and they say, I always felt very distant with my mother and the rest of my family members that were still around because it always seemed as if I was the outsider. That because everyone worked so hard, I felt that there was always such a high standard so that no matter what I did, it always seemed as if it was just under this unspoken standard. So as I continued on through school, I realized that the hardest thing for me was having the motivation to even try. And that gave me a little bit of chills right there. Um, that I always felt that no matter what I did or what I was going to do, there was always some level of pre-disapproval that I was going to get in some way, which made me say F it all and just behave however I thought would get me the most approval. Mm-hmm. So it kind of seems like a, like a class clown kind of person maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> when I finally was old enough to strike out on my own. I worked a lot of different jobs. And every time I got into a specific job, I was always told I was a little too intense. 
I was a little too much for people. I either talked too much or I did something in a way that was over the top. And I always felt that people couldn't take my level of passion. Something that always bothered me was the way people looked at me. That I always felt that people were looking at me as if I was some sideshow attraction rather than a person. But I could never help feeling as if I needed them to like me in some way. So if it meant lying in a situation in order to be in agreement with whatever they were going through, that's what I did. So this kind of seems like this person would uh, join in, in group talks, join in group areas, and just lie their way into being accepted. No matter what the topic was, it seems a lot of they just wanted to be a part of anything, even if it was something they knew nothing about. So that, that's interesting, too. As I stand now in life, I have been through multiple jobs. I am now seeking help, finally, because something that I never realized is that I never took rejection very well. Whenever someone turned me down, relationships with the opposite sex, I always felt that any sort of disagreement, any sort of hiccup, any sort of misstep would send me into a panic and just a verbally violent rage. So it seems that this person has a little bit of self-control, like physical self-control, but maybe not verbal self-control. I never tried to act this way at my job, but it always seemed that when I was at my job, I was always skirting a fine line between keeping myself there mentally and just trying to get through the day. And then they give some more personal information. And then one of the last things they say, the biggest thing that I go through now is trying to express to myself what I'm feeling in any given moment. Because there are times where I feel angry about something, yet I don't know if I'm actually angry. It's more about whether or not if the emotion that I'm feeling represents the emotion I'm actually associating. So, like, I, I, I think what they're trying to say is something like they'll say that they're angry when they're really not angry. They're actually upset over something else. Like, there's different forms of anger. I think that's what that person's trying to, trying to um, explain here. I am now seeking help, but one of the things that I always wish I did was get help sooner because of so many relationships that exploded that I wish I would have capitalized on when I was younger. It's never too late to get help, but you always need to listen to the internal signs before they show themselves externally. And then they say the last little bit, but that, that's, that's for another time. So what do you think so far? Honestly, I see, I can see, even me, I can see a lot of personal reflection in that, like, very similar in terms of, you know, thought process and so on and so forth is what 
you know, has gone on with me. Even even so much to the point where you were like two minutes into reading the story and I'm like, what the somebody write this about me? Like what? But it it definitely does seem like and this this is a term that I like to use. It's not anything set in stone. You will not find this in any sort of medical dictionary, so chat, don't roast me when you hear this. Um, but I've always called it 1% syndrome where in any, you know, it could be any singular and or potentially multiple aspects of your life, you think what you're doing is just 1% away from what you're like what people expect of you. And that that can be very damaging to the human, you know, mindset, to the human mental state of well-being because you could I mean you could be 100% working your ass off. You know, 60 hours a week, well-paying job while going to college while also taking care of kids. And in your eyes, if you feel like people still want more from you, that's, I mean, that's going to tear you in half from the inside out because you're going to be tired. You're going to be, you know, exhausted both mentally and physically 24-7, but you're always going to think people want more from you. And that... I won't say that 100% applies to this situation. I do draw some correlations since they bring up, you know, their mother's work ethic once, you know, all the family issues had, you know, kind of resolved themselves. How how this person's mother, you know, just dove headfirst into work and used used her pain, her grief as, you know, the the fuel behind her fire and while that could be a good thing I mean we we all do always want to be successful in our job it can also at the same time backfire not so much for the mother but it does sound like in this situation it partially backfired on on behalf of you know the child aka the person who who wrote into our show because if if they were at a young very impressionable age when all of that happened that's going to you know give them that impression and they even went so far as to mention this themselves that that's okay that that is acceptable and don't get me wrong it's not a bad thing to work hard. It's really not. But if you are fueling yourself through grief or, you know, some sort of emotional distress and using that to feed your own inner flame, that is where the harm can start to come in because... Obviously, given tonight's title, you need 
I think that the mother could have definitely coped with that a little bit better. And I won't, I won't call, I won't call anyone out. I'm not here to to point fingers and to say, you know what, you could have done this, this, and that better because you know the past is the past. Hindsight may be twenty twenty, but you know people make their own decisions, and there's nothing wrong with that. It it allows us to grow and develop you know, into our own person. But I definitely do think the mother could have probably sought maybe not professional help, but I do think there was a better way she could have coped. And that that could have affected her her work ethic. But I mean work ethic is worth ethic. Work ethic is work ethic many hard k syllables in there for me to pronounce <laughs> but um i mean i'm sure i'm sure even despite that this person's mother would have still been you know an incredibly hard worker because doing it on your own now you still have a child to support so and so forth but i think at the same time you could have addressed that pain that the mother was carrying around and that could have potentially led to a better outcome. You know, the the child being at such an impressionable age may have their mindset may have been altered. I mean, like I said, this is this is just sheerly my spin on things. Um, you know, I'm not I'm no professional. My uh, other than my personal experience and a college education, my my knowledge of psychology and human behavior goes no further than that. Um, but I do think that the child, you know, getting, reaching that point in their life where they're like, you know what, these are these standards that these people have set, you know, these are what people expect of me and almost rebelling against that and you know, just doing whatever they they could, saying whatever they could say, doing whatever they could do, you know, using any form of behavior to pull any form of satisfaction, appreciation, recognition from that, I think that was as equally damaging because... Yes, it's fine to be your own person. It's fine to, you know, stick out when, you know, wear, wear you know, a set of lime green jeans with a, a gorilla on the butt when everybody else is wearing black slacks. I mean, it's perfectly fine to stand out and be on your own and, you know, really set yourself apart from you know, those, those around you, your peers, your coworkers, your family, your friends. But I do think the child could have also done things, I won't say better, because that, that makes it sound like they did something wrong, but I do think they could have done things a little differently. And instead of just, you know, pulling a, a full 180 and just, going against everything, just 
grasping for straws, trying to find recognition wherever they could. And granted, I don't know what age they were during this time period, so that can also affect things. But I do think that they could have sat down with their mom, with these other family members that they mentioned that are, you know, as equally as hardworking and said, you know, I, I really, I don't feel like I'm good enough. I don't feel like I can compare to what these family members, what their mother were doing. And that could have led this, this situation down a very different path. Given, of course, that the adults in this situation, the mother and the other family members, were receptive to that. Not, not mm-hmm. for me to say. I mean, I, I, the, just FYI, chat. This is this is strictly coming from Dead Fit. You know, Fit is the only person that has interacted with this. I had no prior knowledge that someone had written in, so I have absolutely no idea who this is. So yeah, I, I won't kind of be a little bit raw. Yeah, I won't I won't point fingers. I won't say, you know, anything personally, you know, attacking, quote unquote. Um, but I do think that if the child had, you know, had that conversation back then, their behavior could could very well have you know, turned out differently. Maybe, you know, some self-reflection thinking, you know, if if these are the standards that people have set for me, instead of drawing that own conclusion, ask them. Ask ask people what they expect of you. There's there's nothing wrong with that. That would be, you know, if if I was an architect and I was building a house i wouldn't just build a you know three-story you know seven bedroom four and a half bathroom house if it was an elderly retired you know person in their 70s or 80s because that's well beyond their means whereas i could sit down and ask them what do you expect from me what do you need you know, what What do you want out of this situation? And yes, I know this very strange analogy, chat. You you guys know I'm the king of somehow connecting the dots and making it make sense in a weird, fucked up way. But sitting down and having that conversation gives not only you as a person a better and clearer picture of what's going on, but to the other parties... The fact that you had the, you know, had the forethought to ask, what do you need from me? What do you want? What are you expecting of me? Shows that you have put thought into that situation and that you are, you know, personally invested in it in some way, which is never a bad thing. I mean, showing people that you have, you know, personally invested yourself into your relationship with them or situations surrounding that is is never necessarily a bad thing unless you're you know approaching someone 
and asking them, hey, can I kill you? Okay, that's a bad personal investment. But (laughs) just taking taking that care is is always in my experience is typically I won't I won't make anything a definitive. Um is typically viewed in a positive way because let's be honest, as a human race, let's let's all be a little selfish here for a moment. We love knowing that people are thinking about us. It gives us that that deeper than surface connection you know you go from being granted you know family always starts a little bit deeper than the surface anyways you're blood related so that that kind of adds to that but in terms of any other sort of relationship friends you know significant others spouses you know co-workers peers that you interact with anything like that it goes from just being, you know, oh, hey, this is so-and-so, oh, hi, you know, I'm so-and-so, and just knowing each other to, okay, well, now you're actually thinking about that person, you know, did they have a good day? I didn't really see them, you know, what's going on with them, you know, I didn't, you know, we normally go to, you know, McDonald's for lunch every day, but... Like, I can't find them now, so, like, what's going on? And you go from just knowing who someone is, knowing of someone, to really knowing them. And that, that in and of itself, to kind of bring this back full circle, because I can feel myself going off on a tangent, can tie into what we discussed last week about having that person you can confide in. Yeah. Building a friendship, a relationship on that level where, oh, hey, Billy Bob, I'm Jim Bob, or I'm, you know, Jeffrey, or whatever. Your name could be Reginald Giant Schlong Seventh for all I care. It doesn't matter what your name is. <laughs> it's simply theoretical. It, you take it beyond, you know, you, that person for you is no longer just a name no longer just you know a statistic in any way they are no longer a person you met a person you interact with an acquaintance they are on that path to becoming you know a friend a confidant somebody you can rely on like what we discussed last week absolutely so when I think about our topic for tonight's discussion, and then I think back to what you've said so far, and also to this story, I think at what is the moment that something should have been done as far as in relations to, because we could say what the mother, like we don't have too much about the parental figures in this person's life mm-hmm. to say like, at what point in time should they have gotten help? We have to help the individual. So if we're looking at this from a responder's perspective, we need to help the individual that is, you know, right in front of us. You know what I mean? And that individual is the writer, is the person that that, that wrote out to us. 
Now, we understand that they gave us their interpretation of their life because, again, everything is subjective. <clears throat> we, have, we have multiple things to account for, but we have to think about when do we think, like the, the realization portion, when is the earliest that we could have intervened in this person's life or someone or there's some level of intervention? Because what people need to understand is intervention is not always something huge, okay? Intervention is not something like you strap someone down to a chair, hose them down until they, you know, comply with what you want them to do. So we have to think in the terms of intensity of intervention. So whether it's something as very small and simple as, hey, let's have a sit down talk on the couch, figure out what's going on with you, smallest level or highest level, right? which is, hey, we need to have you uh, pretty much input it into a you know psychiatric or psychological facility in order for you to receive the help that you need so levels of intervention are, are need to be established so when we think back to this person's lifeline and what they've been through i think from my personal perspective that i think that during the school age years of this child that at least at least a community-based intervention should have been done, whether that is a social worker at the school, guidance counselor, someone in the close proximity community group mm -hmm. should have had some level of interaction with this, with this child. Now, I don't think it should come from a teacher because a teacher interacting with a child tends to be, come off more as disciplinary than Hopeful. beneficial in like right. mental stability, okay? So easy ways to put this is if, you know, the child was in sports, having a coach get involved. Because a coach is not necessarily an educator that, you know, determines the pass or fail of, uh, you know, uh, of an individual's, uh, you know, athlete but they have a level of close interaction with the child or with the individual that kind of helps get past the initial, oh my goodness, you see I'm getting old, um, <clears throat> get past the initial kind of awkwardness that you get with a mental health um, practitioner and their patient because you never know what level of honesty that you're gonna get with your patient and what information they wish to or don't wish to to disclose to you so when you think of it like that i think the school age years are the most important because this is where we start to see that the student is setting in line behavioral patterns these patterns are interesting because they're starting to set in how they're going to interact with others they realize that anything that they're going to do is going to automatically not meet the high standard that has been you know not even verbally in place like there is no real mention of like i needed to get this gpa i needed to get these levels of grades it just seems as if they were just expected to do their best and that would make their family happy. Right. But if they already believe this is a self-depreciation sort of mindset, they believe they're never going to be good enough.
They believe that no matter what they do, it's not going to reach the standard of appreciation from those that they deem superior to them. It's a, it's a superior and inferior complex as well. So we're seeing some adjustment issues, possibly a little bit of pre-anxiety, a little bit of mild depression when you go through a withdrawal phase or as a reject. Like if I receive rejection, therefore I will internally, if I receive external uh, negativity, I will internalize it and pretty much tear myself from within. So I think absolutely as an adult, I'm glad this person got help. I'm glad this person did something about it, but I ultimately feel I ultimately, I'm so sorry about this. I tried like taking a bunch of like, you know, drinking a caffeinated beverage, but of course it doesn't do anything. Um, Cody MGG I, for G Fuel. I know. <laughs> Cody for G Fuel. I, know, I, got, and I got my new shaker coming in too. I had to grab up that, that camo. Oh, I did but, too. It's so pretty. Oh, it's, it's so, so good. <laughs> but I'll tell you this, and this goes out to a lot of people, okay? I 100% feel that as a parent, as a influencer on a child's life, on an adolescent, on a young adult's life, if you are a person with experience. So again, our peers that have just as much experience sometimes as us will say like, yeah, no, he said he was good. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But when we realize at the earliest setting, like, man, this person yeah they, they are a class clown but it seems as if like watch people so we have a tendency as human beings to watch people during the climax of an interaction when everybody's laughing right we all want the punchline of the joke <clears throat> i like looking at people when it's quiet i like looking at people when everyone's done laughing yeah and you and you pay attention to their face and you see if their smile is strained or not, you'll see it's almost as if like it's the calm after the storm when you see the wreckage. Yep. And it's like you'll tell a lot about people. Like when it's really quiet, like it, it's it's technically called people watching. When it's really quiet, when no one thinks that you're looking, take a look around. Look at people that are that you're close to. When you think that they're not looking. And they're not doing anything like looking on their phone. Maybe they're just listening to a story. Like that that's the best one is is watch when they're having a conversation with someone. And whenever that person tells the person you're observing something interesting or something that is supposed to spark a certain reaction, mm -hmm. look at just the moment before the reaction, the reaction itself, and then the after effects. And you'll see how some people say it almost looks like their brain is receiving information and then they're like okay joke should equal laughter laughter should equal happiness input code for laughter and happiness mm -hmm. all right export code start Boom. start smile.exe exactly and then all of a sudden you start to realize it. it's like did i notice that their laugh is whenever they're done laughing their mouth curls is almost as if it's trying to like go back that to last browning little, <laughs> yeah, get back to that that last little bit of like yuckiness. You'll notice a lot, and yep. I think that for this person, if they're either watching the stream now or if they're going to watch it later on, 
I would say to that person, thank you for your submission. Absolutely. It's what you really brought about, and I hope that I, I, I hit on a couple of things um, that this person was saying, uh, and I hope I hit on the, the, the self-realization, that first step, you know, because that was the biggest thing that I wanted to hit on was with this story, what was the first step? What was the first little it's not always going to be a big cry for help. Like, I don't see anything like we didn't get anything like this person was kicked out of school. This person was having trouble with the law. It just seemed like an individual mm-hmm. that had a hard time making friends, had a hard time feeling love, had a hard time feeling proper emotion. But whenever they externalized it, it always came off as forced positive energy. Yep. You know what I mean? It's easy for people like this to feel negative energy but negative energy is going to be hidden from people they're trying to get appreciation from Mm -hmm. so that's something that's super important for people um so i think when it comes to the the topic of today's discussion about early warning signs i think with a person that's going through because again i'm not a practicing professional i wouldn't say what this person has or what they're going through but I would say that there are some signs leading to certain symptoms that I would recommend a professional mm-hmm. be involved. Only because, you know, imagine every single time you see a stain, you just wipe it up with a paper towel. Exactly. Yes, you wiped up the, 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 the large amounts, the large amounts of something that was wrong. But you didn't actually clean the surface mm-hmm. a lot of times people say you just spread it around and it's like we do that because we don't realize that okay this probably requires a little bit more investigation so talking like, about the early signs and symptoms because you never know i really hope that this person doesn't ever this never happens but have you ever heard of the example of like the guy that just goes like the, he's the quiet employee and then one day he just goes into work and then just snaps and next thing you know person that says when he asked them paper or plastic and someone responds like what do you think he like shoots up the whole grocery store so it's like i have heard that before and i'm telling you right now it's it's those people that what they do is they're always wiping and wiping mm-hmm. and wiping and they're wiping and they're wiping there but they're never actually cleaning mm-hmm they're just wiping on that surface. They're getting the top layer, but they're never actually cleaning. And they don't see the bacteria, the bile, the negativity that's building on the surface in its potency, not in its amount. It would be, then, it would be like breaking a bone and putting a Band-Aid on it. You're, exactly. not, you're not fixing the root cause. You're not, you know, really digging down to the roots you are just you know slapping a a a quote-unquote fix on it and hiding it so that you can feel some sort of all right this will fix itself you know i don't have to think about it i don't want to worry about it kind of situation absolutely um it, and I think that's something that goes forward in this because the thing that I would love to do with our next episode and our follow-on episodes is I would like to like tackle a specific level 
of of like because because right now we're essentially you know hitting up that like like it says in the title <laughs> in the description below it says you know step one realization right well what comes with the realization okay well what comes with the realization it's like you have um like everyone knows the fire joel right stop drop and roll right okay so you realize that there is uh, a fire and you are in close proximity to the fire. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're on fire. Maybe you feel heat. Something, something is telling you that a heat source is uncomfortably close to you. We always tell everybody, stop, drop, and roll, right? So what we are talking about tonight, and what we've hit on in a great deal, is that first step. Stop. Like, okay. There is a heat source near me. Am I on fire? Well, I don't think so, but I know I'm. I feel really, really hot. I might actually be on fire, but I can't. I can't. I can't look over my shoulder right now. I'm, I'm freaking out too much. We tell them, okay, stop. Realization: Are you on fire? Mm-hmm. Are you too close to a heat source? Do you need to execute? Stop, drop, and roll. Then step two is what I like to call preliminary uh, fixing, right? So either we look at stop, drop, and roll is an immediate fix. It's an immediate action to fix current sort of destabilized uh, environment. So you don't just stop, drop, and roll and the fire around you, you are now safe. Once you do stop, drop, and roll, you are immediately safe from everything in existence no you stop drop and roll to take care of the immediate issues and then you seek the you stay low to the ground and you seek the nearest exit and you get out of there mm-hmm. all right and then once you're outside you seek the you know the aid of a qualified whatever safety individual you tell them all your signs and symptoms you you, you know what i mean like you do all of these things but those are like you wouldn't seek the aid if you're on fire you would not immediately think like i need to tell someone that my signs and symptoms right now right or i need to tell someone uh where i left the cat you know what i mean i need to i need to find the nearest exit no you need to do the first thing the immediate action is stop drop and roll so it's like tonight i really hope that we we went over it too the step one am i on fire is there a fire do i smell fire am i feeling uncomfortably hot as if there's some sort of realizing that a problem is either there near almost near or there's no problem at all if you smell smoke could just be you know you smoked a big fat bowl like, i don't know there's maybe <laughs> multiple reasons for it like like who knows why you would smell smoke sometimes you smell smoke and there's just you're just smelling smoke there's been times where i've been behind a machine gun and when you let that thing fly after a certain amount of time of expending rounds and ammunition the you will smell peanut butter in the air it's a very weird thing i'm telling you right now i've never smelled a stronger incense of peanut butter than expending like a thousand rounds on a heavy machine gun 
and it's just the wildest thing in the world. <laughs> Anyone that that's military or knows anything about that, um, I would say right now that is the most unique thing. But going back to it, it's the realization. You know what I mean? Like that's what we're really getting at tonight. We're trying to get at that. Hmm. Maybe there is something a little bit wrong. You know, and then you go into what to do next. So, what do you have to say on it? Because I know, I know we started a tad bit late, and I have to do a couple things before I inevitably pass out in bed. But <laughs> I want us to make sure that we're hitting all of our marks tonight. So, what, what, what do you what do you got, bud? I what, mean, what do you think about what I've said so far? I mean, really, really, I couldn't I couldn't do anything but agree with you. I mean, we've we've hit on tonight. You know, step one, like you said early on in tonight's episode, you know, you can't really address a problem until you you realize you have a problem. Um, and then really I would I would personally say, and this this may not be the definitive step two, because I think there's a few things a few smaller things you could still do before this. I also think you need to understand the problem. But in terms of mental health, really understanding your problem would, of course, going to seek professional help, you know, getting, you know, a, a quote unquote diagnosis, you know, saying, okay, well, you have depression, you have anxiety, you know, any, any sort of thing like that. But I definitely think once you realize that something's not quite right I think you need to plan your next moves you know whether or not you you know if you're if you're waking up every morning and and feeling you know extremely you know just suicidal very extreme mental health I would highly advise immediately go seek help from a professional but if you are in the the early warning signs and something i have pulled up here on my computer that i want to to share you know before we end is from mayoclinic.org it is examples of signs and symptoms of you know mental illness mental health issues um it's a list of 14 but i do just want to read them to everyone um you know to, to help raise awareness to say you know these are the things to look out for not only in yourself but also in others but i think i think each individual needs to address what their step two is and i'm not saying you have to do it alone of course like we said last week having someone you can talk to definitely helps but if you are in the early you know stages of mental health problems they are much easier to handle without needing a professional without needing a psychologist psychiatrist so on and so forth um they are as as long as you don't ignore them of course because that doesn't cause them to do anything but exacerbate and become worse um, but if you are on the opposite end of the spectrum, very extreme, you know, things have gone un 
unknown or unaddressed. You've been putting band-aids on your broken bones. You've been, you know, just wiping, just spreading it around like Fett said previously. I would definitely advise seeking professional help um, sooner than later. And I've got some links, for, well, not some links, a link for a really, really good group that is very, very knowledgeable when it comes to matching people to therapists. Um, it's one that I myself have relied on before as a resource. Friends of mine have relied on, um, but will will talk about that here in a few moments um and i will i forgot to put it in the description but i'll edit the description on the stream um and add it there as well but this is this is one of those times where individual reflection has to come in because if you're you know if your problems aren't quite as severe i'm not going to say wait forever because that's just poor that's just poor advice because you don't want to wait, but you may have more time than people whose mental health problems have kind of laid there, you know, without any focus and have just kind of festered. Um, but if you, and when we, when we go into this list here in a few moments, if you see any of these things in yourself, um, in those around you, if it's those around you, I would definitely reach out to them, have a sit down conversation with them because you could, like we said last week, be that person that they needed to just have that person they needed to talk to. And sometimes, you know, if you catch it early on, uh, just venting and, you know, being able to talk about things can help mitigate a lot of the mental health problems. Um, not saying professional help wouldn't be needed at some point in the future because it could very well still be needed. Um, but, you know, a lot of times just having that person can, can help substantially. Um, now, if you are reflecting on this list of 14 symptoms and you see that some of these are in your own life then i would say the opposite of that you know you need to take initiative to reach out to someone doesn't have to be a professional immediately of course but you know a friend boyfriend girlfriend husband wife you know trying out loud curl up in the middle of your living room and talk to your dog i mean if it makes if it makes you feel better then it's still a positive impact but I would definitely say talk to someone um, while at the same time thinking what has caused these problems. You know, what string of events have led to these situations arising. Like, like Deadfoot said, if you are feeling that heat, you know... The first thing you want to do is kind of remove yourself a safe distance away from it and then go seek help. But when it comes down to the fire, in this case, your mental health problems truly being addressed, 
if I was a firefighter and walked into a house and just took that three and a half inch hose that was hooked up to the tanker outside and just yanked her open full blast, started spraying everything, looking like an elephant on cocaine, just <laughs> swinging my trunk around, I'm probably gonna, I'm probably gonna put the fire out. But let's be a little more tactful. Let's be a little more focused. And, you know, if I, if I bust into that house and, you know, it's a grease fire that started in the kitchen, I'm not going to go upstairs to your guest bathroom and spray water all over your $3,000 ornate mirror that your guests stare at every time they use the restroom. Kind of counterproductive. Yeah, I'm near the fire. I'm the trained professional that you came to get that was called. But I'm still not downstairs fighting the fire. So that self-reflection you need to have about what what is causing these mental health problems, that's going to be good for you. It really is because if it's an external stimulus that's putting strain on you, of course, you can always remove yourself from that situation, or at least start removing yourself from that situation. Um, if it's an internal stimuli, that's definitely more so where professional help comes in. Um, but having that self-reflection, when you get to the point where you go to seek professional help, you know, start making therapist appointments, that self-reflection you've had, you know, these are the problems that I'm having and this is why I'm having these problems, you are directing the firefighter to where the fire is. Your therapist isn't going to be upstairs putting fire retardant foam on your 9,000 thread count Egyptian cotton sheets while your garage is burning to the ground because you know, your lawnmower was leaking gas and something, a, a source of ignition got too hot to it. They're going to be immediately in your garage fighting that fire, which at the end of the day is all we want. We want everyone's fire to be fault because, I mean, that's just how it is. I mean, that's, that's why Fett and I have, have, you know, started doing this podcast. We want to see more positivity, you know, more mentally healthy individuals because i mean it's just that's a positive thing you know that that could help with a lot of the problems going on these days if people were more mindful of their mental health so we definitely want to make sure that you know your 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 microwave that just blew up because you tried to you know microwave aluminum foil in it not a smart idea i've done it before have fun but we want to make sure the microwave is getting the attention instead of you know you're running out of random objects in a person's house to uh to... <laughs> we okay we want to make sure the microwave is getting attention and um not the firefighter is upstairs um using a fire axe to chop your Gucci shoes in half. I don't even know if Gucci makes shoes. I know they're a designer clothing brand. That's about it. Hi. Yay. Hi. So you guys get the point. 
make sure that once you get to the point where professional help is needed, make sure you know where to send that professional help. Absolutely. You know, if if you are stressed out because of a work situation, don't go to your therapist and only talk about your family. Yeah, you can talk about your family some because it can definitely weigh into the situation. You know, if especially if you're in a family type environment where you come home stressed out from work and there's no one really there to, you know, how hey honey, how was your day? You know, tell me about what happened, so on and so forth. But make sure that the water hose is spraying the right fire. Well, I won't say spraying the right fire, that implies there's multiple fires. Make sure the water hose is spraying the fire. Don't just walk in like an elephant on crack and start slinging water all over the place. Yeah, it might help, but I can promise with a little more self-reflection, a little more thought, the, you know, if you put 10% effort into it and get 5% of a return, yeah, you're still gaining something. You're still getting some sort of, you know, return on that. But what if you could put in 15% thought 15% 15% effort and see a 30% return. You know, take take time to make sure that your your self-reflection and thoughts and, you know, processing of what's going on internally and externally is going in the right direction. You know, don't just all right, well, uh, I'm I'm stressed because my boss is an asshole. That's that's great. I mean, you you obviously know where it's coming from, but don't just stop right there. You know, take take the time to really understand the situation because that's not only going to make it easier on yourself, but that will also make it easier on those around you who you may be trying to confide in, vent to, so on and so forth. And like I said, once you get to the point where it's like, okay, you know, this may be a little out of my my scope of of handling let's go see a professional that will help them as well um but before before we end off i do want to so see if i can pull it up that's not it come on google so the website for um a good resource center let me see if i can find i haven't visited in quite some time so it's not in my history anymore All right, so it is, that's not it. Okay, here we go. All right, so um, the website, and like I said, I will um, add this into the description on the stream for everyone to have access to, but it is no shame on you, 
not spelled Y-O-U, just the letter U, dot org. Um, they are very, very good at what they do. Um, they have excellent resources, both international and in the United States, for mental health links, hotlines, websites you can visit, so on and so forth, um, as well as addressing, you know, in a in a very, you know, early way, some, you know, some common mental health problems that we struggle with. Um, so I would definitely highly recommend giving that website a visit, even, you know, even if you're not someone that has mental health problems, or even if you don't know someone that has mental health problems, if it interests you, you know, this, this is a great website. Like I said, I myself have used it before. Um, other people I know and interact with have used it before. So I would definitely recommend giving that website a look. It is absolutely phenomenal. Um, as well as, of course, you know, things like um, the, where is it at? The, the, um, suicide prevention lifeline, not the phone number, but suicide prevention lifeline.org, which is kind of the, the website that is behind that phone number that we all know. That's another good website, but, um, let's kind of steer away from that for a moment. And I am going to go back to Mayo Clinic before I give it off to my lovely co-host, Mr. Deadfoot. Um, so from mayoclinic.org, and I don't think this is a 100% like this is all the symptoms you can have list, but it is a very good list. I do think there <clears throat> could potentially be a few more, um, on this list, but we'll start with this, um, and we can dive further in later episodes, so on and so forth. Um, because once we... Given Deadfit being okay with this, but once we go through this quote unquote twelve step plan, not saying it's actually twelve steps, um of, however many steps. It takes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how to deal with mental health problems. I would like to start having weekly episodes where each week we kind of tackled a mental health problem, you know, depression, anxiety. And really worked through the understanding of those problems. Um, but, of course, that's, you know, weeks weeks down the road. But this list, um, it says signs and symptoms of mental illness can vary depending on the disorder, circumstances, and other factors. Mental illness symptoms can affect emotions, thoughts, and behaviors. And it goes on to say, examples of signs and symptoms can include... Uh, feeling sad or down, confused thinking or reduced ability to concentrate, excessive fears or worries or extreme feelings of guilt, extreme mood changes, both highs and lows, withdrawal from friends and activities, significant tiredness, low energy, or problems sleeping. Mm, excuse me. Detachment from reality, and then it says in parentheses delusions, paranoia, or hallucinations, 
inability to cope with daily problems or stress, trouble understanding and relating to situations and to people, problems with alcohol or drug use, major changes in eating habits, sex drive changes, I hear you laughing chat, behave, yes I said the word sex, excessive anger, hostility, or violence, and I do think this one is typically a pretty obvious one, but it definitely deserves a spot on this list, suicidal thinking. Um, of course, you know, feeling sad or down, the first one, suicidal thinking, those, those are some that most people relate to mental health issues, mental health problems, but I do think they are very important because typically that, that sad, very down feeling is one of the first things you'll encounter, whereas on the opposite end of the spectrum, suicidal thinking, of course, is one of the more extreme ones. So they are definitely still both very, very important. Then at the end of this list, it's, it also goes on to say sometimes symptoms of a mental health disorder appear as physical problems, such as stomach pain, back pain, headaches, or other unexplained aches and pains. So it can very much so manifest into your physical body. It's not always just your, your mental well-being or even your emotional well-being that experiences these these symptoms, this lack of a better way to say it, damage, but it can in fact manifest into your physical body as well. Um, so that, I did want to add that last little bit in um, just for some of you guys to consider. Um, but as far as what I've got to say, um, I'm pretty much finished. I don't know if you've got anything else you want to add on FET or not. No, I'm <laughs> I mean, we uh, we definitely hit a lot, and, and I want us to to at least follow in. I don't want to give all of next week's information because I have some ideas that I want to talk about next week because we're going into kind of like the follow on steps past realizing like, man, I probably should go talk to someone. Exactly. Once you have that train of thought that man, I don't feel like my normal self, or man, mm -hmm. someone said I felt I looked a little agitated or I've been acting weird the past week or so. Anytime that little thing happens, what I want to talk about next week is what to do next. What level of incident requires a level of um, response. Right. So as far as today is concerned, I, I feel good. I feel good with where what information we've given and where we're leaving off at, at, at this yeah. particular moment. But I think we're, I again, think we're definitely again, at a good stopping awesome. point. Absolutely. Oh yeah. I, I always Thursday being my last day of my work week and waking up. Well, I say waking up, but you know, going all day Thursday thinking, hell yeah, tonight's the podcast. Not just because, you know, we always have such good conversations you know, we, like we said last week, the dynamic is really strong, not just because of that, but because this is a really good thing to get excited for. Like, yeah, it sucks that people have mental health problems, but the fact that, you know, we're, we're doing this podcast, we're helping people, talking to people, having them write in is, is something that 
that really excites me. So I definitely, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm happy. Hard. I'm happy with where we are tonight. In oh. fact, I'm going to leave this Mayo Clinic article pulled up because honestly, I think I won't say it'll follow to what we're going to say next week's episode, mm-hmm. couple of episodes after that, so on and so forth to a T, but I think it'll hit on a lot of the big points because hashtag spoiler alert. The next paragraph on this article is literally titled when to see a doctor. So I think that, I think that can kind of tie in. Um, so I'm, I'm going to leave this pulled up because I think, I think it may have some, some talking points on it, um, that we could, we could go over in future episodes. Um, but other than that, I mean, I'm, I'm good tonight. Yeah. We've, we've definitely, we've, we've talked about a lot. Like we, we have. We have covered a lot of information, um, but I do hope for all of you out there, um, everybody in my chat right now, not including Deadfoot because I see him typing and he's been here the whole time, but everyone else in chat, I hope you guys have taken something away from this. Um, anybody that watches this episode tomorrow, next week, a year from now, I hope you guys also draw something away from this. And and I wanted to save this for like one of the last things. And Fett already knows about it because he's kind of the one that pointed me in the right direction. Yeah, but yeah. we have an and announcement. Shout out to Evolve for giving this information. Yes, definitely. But we have an announcement. Or yeah, I'll say we have an announcement. I'm not going to make this all about me because it's not just my podcast anymore. Oh, oh come on. Man. Starting tomorrow thank you to anchor fm but starting tomorrow you can now find an audio only version of the let's get mental podcast hosted by myself and our dear friend mr dead fett on all major podcast streaming platforms spotify Amazon podcast, Apple podcast, the list goes on and on. But we are now officially distributed and I will 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 I'll cover a little bit more of this in a moment. Um we are now officially on all major audio only podcast platforms. Um and that's huge because that doesn't just mean that it's going to be the four or five people that watch the streams every Thursday or the, you know, dozen, 15, 18, however many it may be that watch the, the recorded video at, you know, a later date because now on the go, you know, at work, if you're allowed to have your phone at work, please don't break any rules, but you can now find us everywhere. So tomorrow I will be posting episodes one, two, and three just to kind of get them out there. Um, But from now on, Thursdays, live streamed. I'll say here on YouTube, wink, wink, might be going back to Twitch. Hashtag Intel. Who knows? And every Friday, um, I will be uploading the audio-only version and distributing it to all the major podcast platforms. But I did want to say that because that's something I've been excited for. That was something I worked on earlier after 
someone in this voice call mentioned Anchor FM, and I didn't realize that it was free. So, uh, yeah, I <laughs> Evolve. Um, yeah, about definitely, it. definitely. Shout out awesome. to Evolve for that information. Oh, but yeah. um, we are now officially out there. Um, I did want to to throw that out there for everyone in the audience because that yeah. that is that is a great deal for the podcast. Um, but other than that, thank you all for tuning in tonight. Um, I hope you all have you know heard something that resonates with you, heard something that you can apply to your life, the life of those around you, your peers, your coworkers, your family members. But other than that, if Fett doesn't have anything to say, I'm good. I'm good. I'm and good. I guess, I guess we're good. Um, so with that being said, next week. we will see everyone next Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I promise I'll be on time next week. Given any, like, you know, absolutely just emergency type situations. But we will be back next Thursday um, with the next episode of Let's Get Mental. I love all of you. I hope. Each and every single one of you have a big piece of fantastic love. evening. Or if you're like Max and live in the UK, have a fantastic morning. Um, but we will see everyone next Thursday. Have a good night.